Bible isn't relevant to you if you do not accept what Jesus did on the cross. The Bible is not just a book out there for anybody who wants to just maybe follow it to have a good life. The Bible is for the children of God to understand who he is and his plan and his purpose for their life. It is the roadmap. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Dubinois. The question for this week, is God, or even religion for that matter, still relevant today? Are ancient beliefs and traditions still meaningful in our fast-paced modern world? So these are some questions that we're going to be exploring with our guest today. She's an ordained minister that has been serving for over 40 years. She's been ministering in the Great Lakes Bay region. She's ministered around the United States and internationally bringing about personal transformation for those looking to believe, heal, and to gain spiritual empowerment. Please welcome to the show the CEO and founder of Release to Rain, based in Saginaw, Michigan. And that would be the Reverend Kathy Alby. Kathy, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Cliff, for for having uh, me on the show. I'm really excited about it. I'm actually really looking forward to our interview today and, and the questions that we've that we're going to be exploring before we jump into all of that, if you would, why don't you just share with us, what is Release to Rain? Release to Rain is a vision that the Lord gave me to help Christians to understand their inheritance as a child of God. This is where it all stemmed from. I was a Christian for many years, and I just didn't understand what the benefits were from the cross. I knew that Jesus died for our sins. But I didn't understand that he was called the last Adam for a reason, and that is because he reversed the curse that the first Adam brought unto the world. And so when people accept the work of the cross and recognize that they are sinners and in need for a Savior, and they give their heart to God, then they get this abundance of uh, an inheritance that comes. They get salvation, healing, prosperity, sound mind. The list just is endless. The reason that God called this ministry Released to Reign, R-E-I-G-N, is that you have to have the knowledge and the understanding and wisdom to be released from the old Adamic curse or mentality that even after we give our heart to Jesus still tends to work on us. There's still those voices that say you'll never amount to anything, you know, or God's mad at you or all of those negativities that we fight with as believers. And so being released from that Adamic mentality and curse mentality, you are now freed to walk with the real Jesus and, and to begin to discover who he says you are. And that's the key. Who does Jesus say you are? And it, it takes a, it's a lifetime of adventure, walking with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, teaching you and telling you every day how much you are loved and what it means to be his child. So, where did the idea of Release to Rain come from? My own journey. My own journey. I grew up in a religious church. A lot of do's and don'ts projecting to me that God was just huge up in heaven and that you did the best you could in this life. And then when you got up to the pearly gates, hopefully he would say, well, you did good enough. I'll let you come in. 
And so it was from my childhood right up until I was about 22 years old, it was about trying to be good enough for God, trying to be good enough. And I failed miserably because I'm a human being. And so when I was 22 years old, I had an encounter with the Lord, and I began to read the Word of God myself, not what religion was teaching, but the Word of God. And what I found out in there was Jesus loved me, that he wanted a relationship with me. As I pursued that relationship with him through the Word, not through organizations and the church building and all those things, my relationship came from uh, a relationship with the Word of God and I studied it from cover to cover, and still do, 45 years later. And that's where I found the Lord. And so I released terrain was for me first, that I was released from the bondage of works and could finally reign with Jesus Christ as his child because of his blood. Wow. It went from religious duty to serving out of love, not fear and dread, but serving out of my love for the Lord. Do you think there's a lot of other people out there that see this as well that might be saying to themselves, I'll be I'll never have enough to get in the kingdom of God or to go to heaven, and they just they just walk away from the church? Mm-hmm. I see it all the time. Why is that? Well, the background is for most people the same as it was for me. It's a doctrine, it's a training, an underlying teaching that comes out of religion, not relationship, religion, well-meaning religions. There are many. Uh, we, we talk about Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, a lot of the world religions. They are all based on your works. Even Hindu, if you be good enough, you will be reincarnated as something good. If you do bad, you will be reincarnated maybe as a starving child. But most religion, world religions and such, it's all about works to get to God. Christianity is the only one that says it's not about your works, it's about what Jesus did on the cross, that Jesus died for the sins of mankind. He's the only one that did die. When you are caught up in that background of earning, it's very hard to shift that. And I have found that the only way I see people really shift is through knowledge and understanding and in right teaching and right training. And that's what I do at Release to Rain. Not only do I work in the community with business leaders and we hold these big events, you know, at the Horizons and have guest speakers come in and do all that, but I also do one-on-one sessions with people to help them weed out to what is that stronghold that I can't get past to be successful? Is it mom's voice, dad's voice? Is it my rapist's voice? You know, all those things that happen to us, those are voices that tend to direct us. And so when you weed out what those things are and you you correct them with what Jesus says about you, your whole life transforms. Your whole life transforms. And for many years, the church was just about, do you know Jesus as your Savior? You know, you should ask him right now because if you died today, you'd go to hell. And so people would say, yeah, I'll say the sinner's prayer because I don't want to go to hell. Well, I call that fire insurance. <laughs> they They only do it. So they don't go to hell, but there's no relationship involved in that. And so I don't approach people in that manner. I find that my life and my joy and my happiness, the love of God in my heart is what draws people. And they'll say, what is it about you? What is different about you? And then I have that opportunity to say, chokes me up. Let me tell you about the Jesus that I know. 
Let me share with you about the Father that I know. And let me share with you about the Holy Spirit, who is my life coach, my trainer. Let me tell you about who they are. And that's what captivates people, because it is the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. It's not the fire insurance method. And so I love this ministry. I love what God is doing through Release to Rain because people come in and get involved in this, and they'll say, many times I've heard people say the number one thing about Kathy is that you feel God's love through her. You feel that in her warm hugs. That's not to give me glory. That, is, that's, that shows me that people are truly seeing Jesus because I don't want them to see Kathy. Kathy's just as screwed up as everybody else. Kathy needed a savior. <laughs> we we fall in love with Jesus and then then it just flows out of us. It's just so natural. And that's what I see the difference between religious people and people who have the real deal, the real Jesus. When you talked about how you know all the other religions and a lot of the philosophies that are out there are based on works. Right, where Christianity is not. It's supposed to not. <laughs> it's supposed to not. So I guess my question to you is, from what you see, why is it that some of the churches out there now lean towards the works that people do versus just accepting the gift? In Second Corinthians 11.4, Paul states, I'm worried about you guys, because just as Eve was deceived by the serpent, so you are being deceived You started out with the real Jesus, the real gospel, and the real spirit, and now you're serving another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit. There is a counterfeit spirit that Satan uses. We see Satan with horns and all evil, but, oh, he is much more dangerous when he comes as an angel of light. And that's what that scripture goes on to say. What he motivates, what the reward of is for religion is pride that I can say, look how good I did, or will you pat me on the back or, or pat myself on the back? And so that's why it's so tempting for Christians to fall into that realm because pride feels good. Pride says, I'm finally making it. I'm finally doing something. But Jesus said, he who saves his life shall lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake and the gospel shall find it. It's when we humble ourselves that we really get to know the true Jesus. There's two kinds of love. There's human love, and then there's agape love. And a lot of Christians don't understand that. Like I said, we look at the Bible as a rule book, but when you can walk in the love of God, when you can see somebody in the love of God versus yourself, you've come, you've mastered it right there. Because you have to be able to see all people with his eyes. And if you can, you can see the good in the people, even your enemies. Because, you know, even the people who persecute us, God told me a long time ago, Kath, will will something happen? And I said, how dare they do that to me? And he said, Kath, opportunity or opposition? If it's not about you, you can see, look beyond, why is that person doing that? What did they say that for? What's troubling them? What's oppressing them? Do you care more about yourself or do you care more about them? So a lot of times when God allows opposition in my life is nobody likes it. But I've learned, okay, God, why have you allowed this person to come across my path? And all they need to see is you. It's not about me. I don't get offended because it's not about me. It's about him and opportunity. So I understand that this, the, the statement that you made about, you know, leaders in the church can be deceived, 
So I guess my next question is, is that do you feel that also too, like part of this is power, control, manipulation? Well, sure. That's all part, part of pride. That's all part of pride. If I will do anything I can to get to the top, no matter who I have to step on. I look at a lot of the, and I'm not judging, I, I have no right to judge anybody, but I look at like some of the churches that have 10,000 plus people, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 people. And I see that what has happened is we've slid off into knowing and serving God is just all about you being happy, you being blessed, you being successful. Give. Uh, this is the prosperity gospel. Yeah. Yes. Give to me and then God will bless you type of thing. That's not what Release to Rain is all about. We we are not about that. We are about teaching people that humility is the key, washing uh, another person's feet. To keep to be a great leader, you have to be humble. You have to recognize that the gift you have been given, whether there's many different gifts that God gives us, you know, like maybe you're smart with finances or. Uh, you're really great at interviewing people. Um, all, <laughs> Thank you. All, yeah, all those different great things, all these different gifts. But if we steal from God the glory, if we say, wow, look at how great I am, then we've missed the mark. And that's where Satan tempts the church to fall away because it's 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 more so about me and my status. And yeah. Okay. For our audience, we're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsors. When we come back, uh, we're going to delve a lot more uh, into this topic, and uh, we'll see you after the break. Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show. You're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. You'll get advance notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. Now, to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvenois. Today, we are talking with the Reverend Kathy Alby, and uh, we're pursuing some questions of a spiritual nature. So the question I do want to explore, it was the question that I opened with for today's show, and that is simply this. Is the Bible even relevant today for a collection of stories that starts 4,000 years ago? Is it even relevant today to the, to the modern person? I believe so. The Bible has literally been my life for 45 years. And when I look at the Bible, I don't just see a book. I see a heartbeat. I can see that this is how God communicates with his creation. It's it's his way. It's like we text today, right? We communicate with texts and emails and all that kind of stuff and share with each other, whatever. But with God, the word is his word to us. It's a love letter to us. It just depends on if you read it without the Holy Spirit, if you read it just without God's guidance, it'll be it'll confound you, it'll confuse you. You'll see a God of wrath and vengeance in the Old Testament and it's it can be confusing, but we really do need the Holy Spirit to help us to discern what we're reading. 
the Bible with the Old Covenant is story after story of God's relationship with man and how man, it, it looks like was people say in the Old Covenant, God was a God of wrath. You know, he'd burn them up and he'd do all these things. But God's wrath was against the evil, against his people. Satan was in the world. God was always trying to reach out to his people. Truth is that in the Old Testament, when God would bless Israel, bless his chosen people, uh, after a while they got where they started to like the things of the world and they began to lose their love for God. And then they opened the door for the enemy to come in. And then they would begin to sacrifice to idols and the God of Baal and all those kinds of things. And so then God would have to come in and clean up the house. He would have to come in and correct and remove the things that were not good. But you also hear stories of Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Solomon, and they're just beautiful love stories, beautiful love relationships that God had with those people that were leading his people at that time. And from the beginning, God said in the Old Testament that a Savior would come. It was right there in the beginning. And you can find Jesus over and over in the Old Covenant, especially Isaiah, where Isaiah prophesies of Jesus coming. And then you get into the New Testament, and you see God's wrath is is deterred now. The blood of Jesus paid the sin debt in full, and now it's about relationship. It's no longer under the curse, like I spoke earlier. We're not under that curse. When you read the Bible, and it, it gives you direction on how to live, it's a beautiful love story of how God redeemed us even when we couldn't redeem ourselves. So I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit on this particular one here, and, and I, I understand everything that you just said, but how does a modern person look at the Bible today and say, how does this apply to me today? That's a tough question because the Bible is not for anybody but the Christian. The Bible isn't relevant to you if you do not accept what Jesus did on the cross. Because we are born into this world as God's creation, but it's only when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior that we are adopted into the kingdom of God. Therefore, we become sons and daughters. The Bible is not just a book out there for anybody who wants to just maybe follow it to have a good life. The Bible is for the children of God to understand who he is and his plan and his purpose for their life. It is the roadmap. One of the things we were talking about before the break, and I can't help but to go back to the prosperity gospel. And I say this because like, I had an experience. There was a podcast that I was listening to for, for a number of months, and I stopped listening to it because I realized that the guy would stand up and give a sermon, but he wouldn't quote any scriptures. It was just, God wants the best for you. God wants your business to be successful. God wants to cure your cancer. Uh, when it comes to the prosperity gospel and just only good news, only good news, what are what are like some of the pitfalls and dangers of subscribing to that? What comes to my mind is Romans eight twenty eight that all things work together for the good to those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose, who are the called. So when you are a believer, you are the called. When you've accepted the blood of Jesus Christ, recognized you're a sinner and that you needed a Savior, and you become engrafted into the kingdom of God and become his child now, then that promise applies to you, that all things work together for the good in your life, even the bad things. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. We all live in this world. 
good things happen to bad people, bad things happen to good people. I mean, we were, it's just, you can just look and see. As a believer, we are promised to hang on when something bad happens. Six months ago, I had a, a massive heart attack and I almost died. And I don't want to take too long highlighting on that, but I am a miracle sitting here today. And I said to God, I've been through four major car accidents, et cetera, et cetera. I faced death many times in my Christian life. But when I said to him, what good could have come out of this? I had um, a daughter who was struggling and been praying for her for 20 years. And the number one thing that happened after my heart attack was she got delivered. She was so transformed that I don't know who she is right now. She, I'm ex- really exploring her as a Christian. She's the most beautiful creature on the planet right now. And so when I I look at it, it took my heart attack to wake my daughter up and my other two daughters too. I, I've just seen such a transformation. I've seen my ministry transformed since my heart attack. I've seen doors open since my heart attack. So I fully understand that all things work together for the good. So to think that serving God means nothing bad should ever happen to you. And if you just claim it and name it and it's going to come and God's like a big master puppet up in the sky that if you just have enough faith and you can dictate to God what you want, that's all bull. That's all, that's not truth. That's not doctrine. And Jesus said these precious words in John sixteen thirty three. He said, I have told you this so that in me you will have peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulations, trials, distresses, and frustration. But I say, be of good cheer, take courage, for I have overcome the world. And so this gospel or this doctrine out there that says if you love God, everything should go your way, everything should be perfect, it's not the true gospel. Jesus said if they hated me, they're going to hate you. But the key is that walking with Jesus, he gets through it. He's not some God that we get to know when we die. He's a father. He's a savior. He's a healer. He's a comforter. He's a provider. He's all those things right now. And if we can accept good from the hand of God, as well as things that can happen from me neglecting taking care of my body, a car accident where someone pulls out unexpected, and you have to be able to accept the good and the bad in life. Kathy, if somebody is listening to this and they are thinking that they would actually like to get into like a good church, what would be some of the things that you would recommend people would look for when trying to find a good church? First of all, you want to explore the doctrine of the church. There, There is an Armenian doctrine. There is a Calvinistic doctrine. There is a Catholicism doctrine. People, A lot of people don't know that. They just think God is just this big God and he's over all of it, but it's not. It depends on what doctrine you've been raised on, what doctrine you want to follow. One time the Lord told me that he was going to send me to minister to multiple denominations, which is what Release Rain does. We have people in there from all denominations. And how do you minister to people that have all these different doctrines? He said in each one of the main uh, Christian organizations, they've got one thing for sure right and a few things wrong. He goes, so focus the most on the grace doctrine. 
focus the most on the doctrine that that pastor is preaching, that he is fully aware of the grace message, that we do not get to God by our works, but through grace, through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'd love to challenge people with this right here. I always say, if you were to die today and was stood before the pearly gates and St. Peter said, well, why should we let you in? What would your answer be? And 90% of the people start off with all their good works. I've done this. I've done this. I've done uh-huh. this. And they're, and they're trying to say, I tried to please you. I tried to please you, Father. I tried. Please, I hope you're merciful and let me come in. And the answer is, no. There's only one answer, and that is because of what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus did. And that is the grace doctrine. So if I would recommend anybody going to church, you want to make sure that they are preaching the grace doctrine. And then the second, meet with the pastor. The pastor is the covering. He would be your covering. He would pray for you, pray for your family, etc. And make sure you have a connection with the pastor's heart. Make that connection. And then third, I would recommend personally a church that has a wonderful worship where you are really in the presence of God in worship and just Go within there and let the world go behind and and worship the Lord. And then programs about grace for yourself, teaching classes and such, and especially for the children, that the children are taught a grace doctrine, not, you know, you better or else. I would look for churches, too, that have great community outreach, that are working outside of the four walls, that want to see God move in, in in the highway, in the byway marketplace. There are five major needs of every human being. And that's what makes you get out of bed every day. Number one is love. And we are, we are, we are born into human love. We want our parents' love, our siblings' love, whatever. Love is a big, big, big thing. But it's not until we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior that we experience agape love, that we experience God's love. There's none like his love. That's not human love. God's love is is uh, love is patient, love is kind, love is good, all, all of that. And love is a, a strong motivator for you to get out of bed. And the second thing is your identity. Your identity is more important to you than you would ever comprehend. And a lot of people don't know that. But it's like I always ask people this, these questions. Um, if you found out that you were adopted, seriously adopted, blew your mind, papers come out, you know, and, and, and your mother and your adoptive father never told you. And now you know. So what would be the first thing that would hit you? What do you think it would be? You're asking me a question? Yeah. What Nobody ever asked me questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what do you think would be the number one thing you would want if you found out you truly were adopted, that your mom and dad were not your real mom and dad, your brothers and sisters were not your real brothers and sisters? What would you want the most? Probably to find out who my real parents are. Why? Because I want to know where I came from. Exactly. Your identity is massive in the human mind. And the beauty of Christianity is that you can bypass your birth parents in the flesh and you can find out that God is your real dad and your identity is in him alone. And then acceptance, that God accept us no matter what. When we falter and we fail, religion says, you know, God's mad at you. God's going to turn his back on you and all that kind of stuff. But the Bible says to run boldly to the throne of grace to find help in a time of need. God's the one you run to when you screw up. You don't run away. 
And then last of all, significance. Every one of us have to feel significant that our work on this earth is making a difference, making an impact somehow, some way. Whether you're, you're a mom, you know, just making, uh, feeling significance of raising your children and uh, in the workforce and uh, business owners and uh, artists and, like I said, interviewers. You know, everybody's, everybody's gift counts. My dentist, I love her. I love her. I always tell her, what would I do without you? You know, she's awesome at what she does. The guy who fixes my car, he's brilliant. He knows exactly how to tell me what to do with my car. I mean, the list goes on. And so everybody is significant in that way. But when you begin to see your significance, not only in the gifts that God gave you in this world, but that your significance most of all, is being willing to be a yielded vessel that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father, can work through to touch a life, to save a life, to change a life. It's off the church. It's, it surpasses any worldly significance we could ever get to just be used by God. And I can say thank you, Cliff, for using that gift to allow me to share the voice of God for people to really help them to know that he loves them. So thanks for sharing your gift with me. Well, you're welcome. And Kathy, if somebody is listening to this, maybe they've got some follow-up questions for you. They just want to reach out, learn more about what it is that you're doing, release the rain. What would be the best way for them to do that? My phone, just give me a call. and Please set up appointments. It's 989-415-9329. And um, my email is alb ee.kathleen at yahoo.com. Just reach out and uh, I will respond. And I love the fact too, like a lot of people will come to me for the one-on-one sessions because they maybe are struggling. Like I do a lot of marital counseling and sexual abuse counseling all right across the board. It's just uh, a wonderful thing to be able to do the one-on-one and to root out, like I said earlier, strongholds and things that people struggle with. Like, I really want, I want to go back to church, but something's stopping me. I, I just, every time I think I'm going to go, then something comes over me. That might be a stronghold. That might be something that you need to weed out. And that's what I do on the one-on-one sessions. So, Excellent. Uh, Kathy, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. Really do appreciate it. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank so you. have I. So yeah. have I. <laughs> For our audience, you can always roll on over to TotalMichigan.com and click on Kathy's interview and uh, get the links that she mentioned above. We will catch you next week when we talk to another Michigander doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then.